You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. Everybody lift up your hands all over this place, both hands. I want you to know that you're in the presence of God, the God who has never left you alone, the God who has never given up on you, the God who is faithful to His promises. And because He is faithful, we dare to declare today that today I receive all of God's love for me. Today I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today I open myself to God's Word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today I proclaim that I'm God's beloved, I am God's servant, and I'm God's powerful champion. Shout it out! And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world in Jesus' name. Amen. Continue your posture of worship by lifting up your hands. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. How many of you are hungry for God's word today? Raise up your hand. Hallelujah. God is going to feed us. We are down to the last talk of Deuteronomy. Next week, we're going to take a macro view of the entire Torah. We're done with Deuteronomy, but when you think about it, we're actually done with the whole Torah, the first five books in the Bible. If you've been studying this with us ever since the beginning, can you just turn to somebody right next to you and say, congratulations. You did it. I'm so proud of you. You've been with us in the garden when we studied the book of Genesis. You've been with us when we went to Egypt in Exodus. And you've been with us through the wilderness, through Numbers and Leviticus. And now we are at the doorstep, literally, of the promised land. And I, I pray that this will bless you today. And, you know, I, I don't want to be that kind of guy because there's always one in every barcada who when there's a new movie... This person is always the spoiler of that movie. And, and this person says, Napanood mo na ba yung, yung bagong movie? Alam mo ba namatay si? Spoiler alert. I, I don't wanna, but I have to be that guy here today who will give you that spoiler alert because this is just so good. We are in Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 5 to 8. And it says, it's very short, but I want to read this to you. It says, So Moses... The servant of the Lord died there in the land of Moab, just as the Lord had said. The hero of the story, the protagonist that since from the very beginning he had been there for the Israelites, he dies before he gets to enter into the promised land. How tragic 
is this? He doesn't even get to set foot in the promised land. Not one foot, not one nail, not even a cuticle. Can I show you a video of, of what this looks like? Just a little video that I took just a week ago. Hindi po yun yung video. Can we try that again? Oh, mas, mas lumala. Anyway, if we don't have the video, it's fine. It's a video of my daughter, Ellie, and we visited the... Oh, there. Medyo baliktad. Dumanun lang kayo. I'll play the video just so they can see. Naglalaro kami sa isang... Alam niyo yung indoor playground sa mga mall? May isang indoor playground sa Vertis North na may buhangin. Tapos napansin ko, yung anak ko, si Ethan, naglalaro. Ayan si Ellie. Nakamedya siya, ha? Binabahan niya yung laruan niya. Ayun. Ayaw niyang tumapak. Dirindiri siya sa buhangin. So somebody needed to get her. Thank you. Thank you for showing that video. Nagka-stiff neck ba kayo? Hirap na, no? Ganun the whole time. Naalala ko nung, nung bata ako, my mom used to tell me all the time na ako yung tipong bata na ayaw na ayaw mag-beach. Bakit? Kasi diring-diri ako doon sa, sa buhangin. Kasi nung lumalaki kami, ngayon may mga burakay na, may mga El Nido, may mga Palawan, may Coron. Pero back in the day, ang beach namin parate, Matabungkay, Puerto Azul. Yung Puerto Azul, hindi naman azul yung buhangin. Itim. Pero bakit naging Puerto Azul? So ako, diring-diri ako doon sa buhangin. Ayokong, ayokong tapakan. When I saw that video, I said, I need to share this with everybody because that's, that's a glimpse of what Moses w- went through. He could not step into the promised land. He was just there right outside. And you know, the story that comes close to this, at least modern tale, is the Avengers. How many of you are fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? How did the, the Marvel Universe start? Who was the first superhero? Who? Tony Stark. Otherwise known as Iron Man, right? It started with Iron Man. How did the MC Universe end that saga? With Tony Stark. It started with Tony Stark. It ended with Tony Stark. But here's the thing. Tony Stark or Iron Man fought in that last battle in the endgame. I hope that this is not a spoiler alert. If you haven't watched the endgame, you were... Where were you? Must have been hiding in a cave. Iron Man at that last moment, right before he defeated Thanos, what happened? He snapped his finger and little by little, he passed away. He died. It consumed him. The hero of the story doesn't even get to see the new world that he fought for. That's the story of Moses. He was there since the very beginning. And then, he wasn't with them when they were entering the promised land. So here's the big message that I pray will bless you today. Can you be the preacher to the person standing beside you? Is that okay? All right, turn to one person, your favorite person. <laughs> this is going to create issues today. Turn to that person and say, friend, you have a mission. Amen. Come on, shout it to their face. You have a mission. Amen.
Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray before you sit down. Father in heaven, this is your word. It's alive and it's active. But until we put this into practice, it will have little effect in the way that it will transform us. And we don't want that. We want to be transformed by word and we want to be molded by your grace and spirit today. So bless our time. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. One more time, everybody, lift up your hands. Let's sing. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Give the Lord a big hand. We praise Him today. Thank you, Jesus. You can take your seats. Today we are going to break open the Word of God. You like my sticker? It's so old school. Sa sobrang luma, wala nang pandikit. Tinape ko na lang. May nagbigay sa akin the other day. And I said, hey, this is like 1980s. And it's amazing. Anyway, so today we're, we're going to learn. Touch your neighbor and say, get ready to learn. It's so good to be together here today. I'm the only one preaching today, by the way, so don't expect anybody to come out. I'm, I'm, I'm it. Okay? You're, you're okay. All right. Praise God. Praise God. So I want to teach you, now that we are at the last part of Deuteronomy, we have seen the life of Moses, and now we're going to see his death. So I want to package it this way. I know our big message is that you have a mission, but I want to make sure that you, come, you go home today with practical lessons. So... I want to share with you today four lessons from the life and the death of Moses. Is that okay? Four lessons. And here's lesson number one. Life is difficult. How many of you agree with me? Say amen. amen. Life is difficult. The Bible doesn't sugarcoat the fact that life is difficult. And if you're struggling to resonate with Moses simply because you've never led an entire nation from Egypt, you've never been through the desert, I want you to know that we're just like Moses. I mean, Moses had plans. He had plans to get into the promised land. But how many of you have ever made plans that did not come to life? Just raise your hand. You've had plans that, that died, that didn't even see the light of day, yeah? You studied for an exam, and then you failed. You applied for a visa, and then you got denied. You... Uh, we're working so hard for that job promotion, but then you got retrenched. Or, or you've been together with somebody for six years and then you pop the question and then she says, no, ouch. Come on. You raised your children to the best of your abilities and then 10 years later, you find out that they're taking drugs. Life is difficult. I'm here up. And it doesn't even matter if you're somebody who says, well, I'm close to the Lord. Because how many of you also know that being close to the Lord or having the Lord in your life is not an indication that you won't go through problems. In fact, some of you might even say this, that, but parang pag, nung mas nalapit ako kay Lord, parang mas rumami yung problema ko. Anybody can say that? The more I got closer to the Lord, the more that I feel like, you know, I'm going through all of these battles. You want to know why? Here's my little theory. I believe that God sends His best soldiers to the biggest battles. So if you're going through a big battle right now, guess what? You're one of God's best soldiers. He knows that you can handle that problem. He knows that you can take care of business, not because you're good, but because you're with God. It's not easy. 
In fact, life with the Lord doesn't get any easier. But here's the thing. You do get a lot stronger. Right? Do you feel that? When I first started preaching here at the feast, before I came out on stage, I was not, I was not shaking. I was vibrating. Every single part of my body was just vibrating. I couldn't wait to get out on the stage. I mean, off the stage. That was six years ago. Now, if you ask me, do you still get nervous? Ask me right now. Do you still get nervous? You still get nervous. Absolutely. I mean, right before I go on stage, I feel like I always have to go to the bathroom, even if I don't have to go to the bathroom. Because it's scary to be here on stage. But you know what? As I've been doing this again and again, for many, many times, I realized that I don't get nervous as much anymore when I step on stage. But it's when I feel the grace of the Lord flowing through me. And I see people smiling, happy, not sleeping, hopefully. <laughs> I feel like there's a sense in which I'm not doing this alone. There used to be a time when I used to get nervous. I would always say this to the people, especially the worship leaders. I would often tell them this advice. Matakot ka kung hindi ka takot. Be scared if you're not scared. And that's good advice. But you know, now in this place of my age where I am, I realize that that is not entirely true. Because if you continue to be afraid every single time you're here, then it simply means, or if you're doing something for the Lord, it simply means that you're not doing it for Him. You're doing it for you. Because when you're so self-conscious about how people are judging you and how people are looking at you, it's not about God. It's about you. And little by little, I realized that, hey, if God equipped me and if God anointed me to preach this word, it won't matter how people will see me because it's the Lord who will be speaking through me. So for me, no, I no longer get afraid. I get nervous. Yeah, you see my hands. It's always sweaty. But that's normal. But being afraid, uh-uh. I'm not afraid because I get to do this with God. Amen. See, that's what happens when you're with God. It doesn't get any easier, and life is difficult. But why do we continue to serve the Lord? Why do we continue to worship the Lord, even if it's difficult? You want to know why? Because your purpose is greater than your phobia. That's what happens when you know you're in a mission. You can be afraid, but you can do it afraid. When you've got purpose, the Japanese call this the ikigai. Have you been watching this Netflix documentary? Live to 100. If you're not watching that, you better see that. This documentarist, he looked for four places in the world where people have, have gotten old, 100 years old, all of those people living in those communities. And he's trying to discover and research how they're doing it. And for me, the answer is simple, purpose. Because these people live with a purpose. If you don't have purpose, it's so hard to get out of bed, right? It's so hard. That's why if you live with a mission just like Moses, it's going to be so, so good for you to get up every day, no matter how difficult it is. But you know, the story of Moses, it's not unique in the sense that it's not the only story that we hear of a hero traveling on a long, long journey and then, you know, going through difficulty. Why? Because he wanted to save the Israelites. There are other in different cultures. Like for instance, I'll give you examples. The Greeks, they have the Iliad. Nabasan yung bayan college kayo? You had to read that because that was part of the curriculum, the Iliad. The Mesopotamians, they had the Epic of Gilgamesh. For those of you who have, have, have read that. The Indians, they have the Ramayana. 
The Chinese, they have uh, the monkey king. I'm hoping that some of you have read this. We Filipinos, we also have one. Biag Nilamang. Nabasa niyo ba yun? Ako hindi. Hindi nga ako makaintindi ng Tagalog. Biag Nilamang. Ang lalim, di ba? Even the Tolkien's, they had what? The Lord of the Rings. It's a story where the pattern is the hero of the story travels, leaving his comfortable life. And then he goes through a difficult passage. Why? Because he wants to save the princess. He wants to find the treasure. He wants to kill the dragon. This is a pattern that happens everywhere. And the lesson is this. It's a question actually. That even if life is difficult, even if your plans don't go your way, here's my question to you. Will you continue to trust God? Will you? Come on, shout it like you mean it. Will you continue to trust God? Yes. Even if life is difficult, that's the lesson that we're going to learn from Moses today. Here's the second lesson. Second lesson is this. Raise up successors. Raise up successors. How many of you are leaders here? Can you raise your hand? Leaders in a company, leaders in a team. Come on. Or leaders in ministry. That's good. This is good advice for you. Raise up successors. Let's go to the Bible. Moses says, I am now 120 years old. My goodness. I don't know what secret potion Moses is taking, but he's now 120 years old. And he says, I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has told me, you will not cross the Jordan River. Now let me just highlight this. When Moses says, I am not able to lead you. It's not a physical disability that Moses is not able to lead people. It's not. The reason why Moses is not able to lead people is because, some of you know this, if you studied numbers with us, is because the Lord told him that he's not supposed to go into the promised land. So to Moses, this is not new news. It's actually old news. Since numbers, when he disobeyed the Lord and when he did not trust God, from that moment on, he knew that he wasn't going to enter into the promised land. In fact, I want you to see what Moses had been doing since then. He says, take a good look, but you may not cross the Jordan River. Instead, God says, commission Joshua and encourage and strengthen him for he will lead the people across the Jordan. He will give them all the land you now see before you as their possession. Let me park this for a moment right here. This is good message for someone. In life, I want to tell you that the reality of life, in case you did not know this yet, is that nobody comes out alive. Can you just look at the person beside you and then tell that person, friend? Come on, say friend. Alam mo ba? Mamamatay ka rin. I know, right? It's the truth. I mean, one day we're going to disappear. Hopefully not today or tomorrow. Hopefully we'll have more time. But one day our clock will stop. And we're going to go to that next chapter of our life. So it pays you to understand that the moment you believe and accept the truth that one day you will die, what happens next to the legacy that you've been building? How do you sustain this? How do you continue this? I'll give you an example. Our community, the Light of Jesus family, has been around for 43 years, right? 43 years. 1980, it started in a small garage in Chicago, Kubao. Quezon City, local lang yan. 
Let's show the pictures. It started 43 years ago with a few people, you know, worshiping. Do you know what that means? That means that when Brother Bo and Tita Chell and the Sanchez family were already serving, I was only two years old. <laughs> I had to say that. <laughs> but why is it 43 years old? We're continuing our growth. We're still thriving. We're still creating. From that one small garage, now we are hundreds all over the world. Would you like to know why? What is the secret to our longevity? Our community is committed to the next generation. Amen. Amen. That's the reason why sometimes, pag elder ka na, hindi ka na makasabay doon sa music, hinihingal ka na. Kaya ako, hindi na ako pinapalid ng worship kasi talaga hindi ko na kaya. Because our community will always be committed to the next generation. We need to raise leaders, new people, especially the young people, because we believe that we're not timeless. We're transitional. We got to keep on looking for the next leader who will replace us. Our founder, Brother Bo, he could be our leader forever, as long as he wanted. He founded this community. But what did he do? He stepped down. Why? So that others can step in and step up. That's the kind of leader that we serve. My goodness. Our founder himself, he no longer has a title, but he's still on a mission. He still preaches. He still ministers to thousands and millions of people all over the world. It doesn't end when you say, my, my position stops. Because if the mission is here, the ministry will not matter wherever you go. That's the kind of leaders that we need to, need to be. Our role as leaders, listen to this, is to establish. When we're the leader and you're given an organization or a team, establish that to the best of your abilities. But when it's time for you to pass the torch, then you endorse. Yeah. Establish and then endorse. Because the one thing that I'm learning from the life of Moses, and this is something that you need to learn also today, is that as great as Moses was as a leader, the one lesson there is that he was not irreplaceable. Right? Hindi nakapasok si Moses sa promised land. So it means that, hey, was Moses valuable? Yes. He was loved by God. But what's more important in this lesson is that Moses was not their king. It was God. It is God even up till now. So don't worry if you're the person who sometimes you don't get into that promised place or situation because what's more important is what God is doing. And it's God who will take you to different places. So even if you retire, hey, you still have significance. But what's important is that God follows through. God is the one, not Moses. That's the lesson, all right? So raise up a successor. Lesson number three. Write this down if you're taking notes, by the way. I pray that this is helping you. Lesson number three. You have a mission to live for. Tell the person beside you right now, may mission ka. You have a mission to live for. That's right. How did Moses die? Let me show you. In chapter 34, verse five. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, just as the Lord had said. The Lord buried him in a valley near Beth Peor in Moab. Listen to this. But to this day, no one knows the exact place. You know, whenever we have a loved one and they die, what is the thing that we do? We set up a, a tombstone, an altar, where we can commemorate this person. 
Was Moses valuable to the Lord? Come on, talk to me. Was Moses valuable to the Lord? Yes. Did he deserve a tombstone? Yes, absolutely. But why is it that the Bible says to this day no one knows the exact place where he was buried? And I imagine that, I'll get to that point later. I imagine that if Moses did have a tombstone, alam niyo yung, yung, yung tombstone may tinatawag na epitaph. What is the epitaph? Everybody say epitaph. An epitaph is the description of you. However you want it, let's say you have a wife and your wife puts that or your children put that if you've never made a decision. That's why as early as now, you make a decision what to put in your epitaph. You tell your spouse, you tell your children, you tell your family. I want to show you a little examples of epitaph. Ito yung isang example na nakita ko online. RIP. Please deactivate my Facebook. <laughs> Yan ang description niya. Tama naman, di ba? O, isa pa. I told you I was sick. <laughs> Here's the last one. Died from not forwarding that email to 10 people. Mag-ingat kayo. Hindi totoo yan. Okay, that's just a joke. But you know, I imagine that if Moses had an epitaph, it would not say Moses the prince of Egypt or Moses the shepherd in the wilderness, or Moses the man who came face to face with God. It, it will not say Moses the humblest man ever. You know what it would say? Ask me what? It would say, Moses, the servant of the Lord. That's what the author says. So Moses, the servant of the Lord. I don't know about you, but for me, I'm so sorry, Moses. I got to borrow that same title. If my wife is listening, that's the same title I want to have when I die. To describe me, just put my name, Ori Villaraza, the servant of the Lord. So simple and yet so powerful. In fact, can you try that with me right now? I want you to say this out loud, just your name and then followed by the servant of the Lord. Can we do that? Okay. You ready? Ready, set, go. One more time. On the count of three. One, two, three. Doesn't that sound amazing? That people would come to know that you lived your life loving God, serving God, and worshiping God. Amen? That's how I want to live. That people would see me. And then let's say, let's continue. In verse 7, it says, So Moses was 120 years old when he died. And yet, his eyesight was clear. And he was as strong as ever. The people of Israel mourned for Moses in the plains of Moab for 30 days until the customary period of mourning was over. Listen to this. I'm sure this shocks you that to find out that Moses, it says that when he died at 120 years old. Have you ever seen anybody over the 100 years old? Have you? Yeah? What do they look like? They look old. Of course, they look old. But they look frail. Some of them, they cannot see anymore. They're, they're blinded. And some of them, they're walking with a stick. But the Bible says, Moses was 120 years old. And when he died, his eyesight was clear. And he was still strong. Now, let me tell you this. The reason why Moses died was not because of old age. It wasn't because of sickness. It wasn't because of cancer. You know, want to know why he died? Ask me why. A little bit louder, why? 
because he already completed his mission. Oh. Would you like to be like Moses? That the Lord will call you, not because of a sickness, not because of old age, but because you have completed your mission. God will tell you, mission accomplished. Now come back to me. Sarap nun. I love that. That's why I want to encourage you today to ask yourself these two very important questions. Number one, what is your mission? What is your mission? And second, how are you fulfilling that mission every day? Because if you're somebody who doesn't have a mission yet and you don't know what your purpose, what God calls you to do, you better start discerning, processing. Otherwise, you're going to be going through life, living like a leaf being blown in the wind. You got to know your mission and then embrace that mission for as long as you live. Here's the fourth lesson. The third one is you have a mission to live for. The fourth one is this, you have a mission to die for. To die for. Look at the person beside you. Does that person look like he's to, he or she is to die for? <laughs> that laugh is just so, <laughs> it tells so much. You don't even have to say yes or no. Moses didn't get to enter the promised land, but check this out. This is so interesting. This is going to blow your mind away. It says in Deuteronomy 34 verse 1, And the Lord showed him the land, the whole land, from Gilead as far as Dan, all the land of Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah extending to the Mediterranean Sea. And then verse 4, Then the Lord said to Moses, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, when I said, I will give it to your descendants. And then he says to Moses, I have now allowed you to see it with your own eyes. But, but, everybody say but. But you will not enter the land. Ang sakit, di ba? Pinakita ni Lord yung lugar kung saan niya dadalin, yung mga kamag-anak, yung descendants ni Moses. And then he says, but you will not enter that land. You know, there is a word that we use nowadays. It's a technical word whenever you message someone on Messenger or WhatsApp or Viber, and then you see the person read, but they don't reply. What do you call that? Scene zone. What would you do if all the blessings that you see are only scene zoned by you? mo. Kita mo yung dream house mo, dream boy mo, dream girl mo, pero hindi mo naman pwedeng makuha. Hanggang sin zone ka lang. Sakit, di ba? That's what's happening to Moses. Hanggang sin zone ka lang, Moses. Hindi ka pwede pumasok. What do you do when that happens? When all the blessings that you see, it's not for you. Here's one way to process that. Because I believe that all of us have a different timing. May timing si Lord kung paano niya tayo bibiyayain. The Lord has a timing on how He will bless you. So here's what you do. You embrace your mission by embracing your season. If this is not your season yet, to have abundance, well then you keep embracing that season of working and planting because maybe God is not yet going to elevate you, but there will come a time that the Lord will ready you and prepare you for that blessing. But until that time happens, you embrace your season. But here's one way that I want to explain this, yung pagsin zone ni Lord. Nakakainis kasi ito eh. Parang, hanggang scene zone na lang ba ako, Lord? Papakita mo sa akin, pero hindi ko pwede hawakan. Ako na lang parati yung third wheel do sa relationship. Diba? <laughs> may, may hugot ba kayo doon? <laughs> what happens when you just keep seeing the blessing but you're not able to enter? 
I want you to close your eyes. Close your eyes. Do this with me. Indulge me for a moment. Just close your eyes. I want you to think about and imagine all the blessings that you have been praying to the Lord for. Whatever that is. If it's a material thing, it's a relational thing, a spiritual thing, whatever those blessings are. It can be one or two things or many things. Just imagine that, okay? Is it in your mind? Is it? Okay. Now I want you to imagine this, that the Lord is with you and He's beside you. And now the Lord is showing you this big land, a land flowing with milk and honey where all the blessings that you have been praying for and working hard for, it's in that land. Can you see it? And then the Lord tells you, child, this is the land that I'm going to give. Not you, but I'm going to give to your family, to your loved ones, to your children, to your children's children because you have been faithful to me. Now open your eyes. Open your eyes. Was it a sad moment or was it a glorious moment? You see, what's happening here is that God is telling Moses, you have worked hard all your life. You've done your mission. But I want you to know that your mission will not just bless you, but it will bless everybody around you. Everything that you see. And he says, this is the land that I will give to your generation. That's the mission that you die for. That you don't get to enjoy it sometimes, but it's okay. Because the people that I love, my son, my daughter, my wife, they get to enjoy it. My friends. That's beautiful, right? You have a mission to live for, but you also have a mission to die for. Can I ask everybody to stand up? Amen. You know, some people might say that the life of Moses was very tragic. I mean, he wasn't able to enter the promised land. The hero of the story doesn't get to enjoy the fruits and the promises of God. So how many of you would agree with me that it's a tragic ending? Raise your hand. It is. It is. I mean, let's just be real. It's a tragic story. But you see, one thing you have to know is that the story of Moses doesn't end there. It ends in Deuteronomy, but Moses reappears in the New Testament. Where? Matthew talks about it. In Matthew 17, verse 2 to 3, when Jesus was up in the mountain, with the three disciples, it says that as the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. What does that mean? Moses did not enter into the promised land in Deuteronomy, but he was actually in the promised land with Jesus. Whenever we see people who are successful, we always say, you've made it. You've made it. This person has made it. Depending on how you would define success. Let's say you look at success as having a certain amount in the bank. Then you tell that person, you know, you've made it. Or, or maybe for you, success is a certain position in a company or in an organization and you tell that person, you know, you've made it. Or maybe you can even tell yourself, depending on how you view success, that I have made it. Because to us, success is a place. 
That's the destination. But in the Bible, it's different. Success is not a place. The destination is not a place. It's a person. It's Jesus. So what am I trying to say? You don't have to be in heaven to reach the promised land. As early as now, if you're with Jesus, hey, you are in the promised land. Because Jesus is the promised land. That's how Moses was able to get into the promised land, because of Jesus. And if you're walking with Christ right now and you're encountering Him every day, guess what? Every single step that you take is on holy ground and you are with Jesus every single breath that you take. That's the promise of the Lord. Isn't that amazing? Moses reappears in the New Testament and here's how I want to end. When you think that the work of the Lord is done, that God's program ended when Moses stopped leading them. It did not because it continued on. It continued on with Joshua. It doesn't end just because your friend said it ended. It doesn't end just because your doctor said it's ended. It doesn't end just because your professor said that you've got no hope anymore. It ends when Jesus says it ends. He has the last say. And I want to bring this to you and say this that the work of God doesn't end with you and me. It doesn't end when we die, it continues on. What you think is a period in your life, guess what? It's just a comma in God's kingdom. It's just a continuation to where God will lead you. That's why it's so important, my friends, to trust in Jesus, to give your life to Him. The Bible says that He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father through Him. God gave us Jesus in order that we would have salvation. So my question to you right now is, do you trust Jesus? Do you trust Him enough to give your life to Him and to walk with Him and to say, Lord, You will be my Savior. No matter what comes my way, I can be in a season of drought, a dry land, but I trust You that You're going to bring me to a promised land. And it's not a place. It's You. If you can walk with Jesus, then you are walking in that promise. By Him transforming you every day. And I ask you, everybody, to lift up your hands. We pray and we acknowledge the presence of the Lord. Heavenly Father, look at your children today. Look at their surrender and their posture of worship. We have all come here, Lord, with our sins. And we don't want to walk with it anymore. So we surrender it to you at the foot of the cross. And we declare right now in this moment that we fully trust you completely, absolutely. Whatever you are doing in our life, Lord, we may not understand it, but we don't have to because we trust that you do. We have complete confidence in you, Jesus. Continue to speak to every person here in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph slash radio.